want to encourage you as we as we go on today, we're going to talk about uh, praying for the impossible. And, uh, you know, that's the end, really, of that book, Sun Stand Still, and, and it's the whole gist of the book, really. But there were some, there were some things that, that I think we have to understand and realize as we, as we grow in all that he has for us and as we begin to talk about, you know, really, truly praying and speaking, like Joshua did in chapter 10, that the sun would stand still, that we had to first understand the part about vision and understand that we've we got we to gotta know what he's speaking to us, what he's showing us, because God acts, God moves, God responds to his word. And if we don't know what that is, whether it's, you know, the written word, I'm telling you, it's important to know what's going on in this, in this book from left to right. Don't just study the new. Don't just study the old. Get this thing from page one to the end of the last page of Revelation and understand what this thing says and what God promises us in this. And I know you might be, man, the word's boring. It gets tired. It isn't boring. I read Job this year for the 47th time or whatever it was, and I got more out of it this time than I ever have. But I purpose going in. Don't you fire yourself up when you have to read Job? You pray a little harder that morning, you know, you get a little more. Come on, God, give me some good background. Give me something so I know. But, you know, I, I struggled with Job for a while, and I, Dan encouraged me, you know, to, to, to open yourself up because he, would, he, was, he was not, like, jumping up and down, but it, he was like, no, man, Job's a good book. Talks, you know, about all these. So I, I, I've, I've changed my perspective, the way I enter in. The word's not boring. It has a lot to say about what's going on in your life. But the Holy Spirit has things to say about what's going on in your life, too. And those are the things, the word and the things that the Holy Spirit speaks to us that we write down and we put on paper and we begin to to have vision. Why? Because there's going to come a moment, there's going to come a time when we're going to have to speak to the Son. We're going to have to pray and we're going to have to continue to ask God, you've got to come through for me in this place. You promised me this. I haven't seen this. One of the things in the book, as you go back through and you read it, you know, one of the things about the sun stand still type of prayers, they're not eternal. They don't last forever. They could be like for next week. They could be for tomorrow. They could be for four years from now. But you have to continue to stand in faith on the vision that God has given you. And last week, as we, as we talked about position and we talked about place, we said it's really important for us to understand that as believers, if we get out of place, we've put ourselves in danger. That if, if we're, how can we speak to the sun? How could Joshua ever speak to the sun if he never crossed the river? See, how, how could he be in position to see God move if he never did and, 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 and acted on what God told him to do and act on? If he would have got cantankerous when all the spies went across the water and he said, you know what, I, well, the spies didn't want to go across. He said, I, I know we're right. I know we can do it. I'm doing it myself. Come on, Caleb. And grabbed his sword and decided to wade across the water and swim over there. He would have been out of place. He would have been out of position. And he might not have ever made it back to the point where he could have been the great leader that he was. He was known as Moses' assistant more than he was known as Joshua the great leader. But there came a day where he was known as Joshua the great leader. And he moved across that river. And he took the people with him. And they had conquests. And they saw God's hand move. And in a moment, in a moment of time where he was probably ecstatic to be in the right place at the right time, he was able to speak to the sun, have it stand still, and see God accomplish what he promised him to accomplish. So before you speak to the sun, we have to realize that, that in our lives we've got to have vision. We've got to know what this word says. can't just go off half-cocked just saying stuff. can't just go off just repeating something maybe that Pastor Bill said or Pastor Pam said or I said. You know, you've got to know that it's true. You've got to have revelation for you. 
Jerry Seville years ago, as he was growing up in the Lord and in the message of faith, was with Kenneth Copeland, and, and he was getting ready to do a few things, and Kenneth Copeland was asking him to share a little bit in each of the messages, and he said, sir, I don't have anything to share, because everything I know is what you just you taught me. So I, I, everything, everything I would say is something you're probably going to say. And he said, Jerry, is it, is, is it my word or is it your word? He said, I, I don't know what you mean. He said, do you have a revelation that it's the word of God and that it's true, not for me as Kenneth Copeland, but for you as Jerry Seville? And he said, yes, I believe that. I know it's for me, and I, that's revelation. Yes, sir, I know it's true for me. He said, then that's what you preach out of your heart. That's what you speak. You've got to know the truth because it's the truth that begins to set you free. And as you get up to stand and to begin to speak to the son, you have to realize, I know what God is speaking. I know what his word says. I know what his vision to me is in this moment. I know he wants to bless me. I know he wants to take care of me. I know I walk in perfect health and not in sickness and disease because he died on the cross and suffered a horrible death for me to have this healing. Father, I thank you right now. See, I begin to change the way I speak. I begin to change the way I pray. Now, why can I do that? Because I know God's will is to heal me. And I haven't left the position in the place that he's called me to be. And as Joshua did that, he saw God's hand move and the sun stand still. We talked about Elijah and Elisha last week. And the fact that even though Elisha was just plowing with the oxen, the 12th guy in line, he was the last group of plows in the, in the whole field full of people. But God told Elijah, you need to go and anoint your successor. Go to the wilderness of Damascus. And in the middle of the wilderness, he walked by and he tapped this guy with his cloak because Elisha was in the right place. He wasn't off somewhere getting upset. He wasn't discouraged. He was staying in place. And even when Elijah tried to push him away, even when Elijah got a little cantankerous and tried to get him out of position and say, you stay here, I'm going to go over there. And he kept saying, I am not going to leave you. Why? Because if I'm going to carry on in your shoes and do what God has done in your life for these people, I'm going to need a double portion because I'm, I am that much less able to do it. It wasn't I need a double portion so that I can see so much more. It was I need a double portion because I ain't even got enough to get the single stuff done. And he stayed in place. And Elijah told him, if you stay here and you see me go, then you'll have what you asked for. And sure enough, Elijah went, and all of a sudden, Elisha had the double portion. He picked up the mantle, he went over, and he smacked the river. And he didn't go, booyah. He smacked the river, and he said, where's the God of Elijah? And he hit it, and the thing backs up, and he walks right across. And then he begins to do many of the same things that Elijah did. That's why you get him confused. You can't remember if it was Elijah or Elisha. Because there was a widow. Well, there's a widow with both of them. Remember this, J comes before Esh, so Elijah was first and Elisha was second. Alphabetical. That's the only way I know how to do things, man. Separate. That's how I learned to spell, too. Lori told me that. Couldn't spell separate. So she said, you go separate. Okay, so every time I get ready to write that, literally, it's embarrassing, but I go separate, and so I write that down. I do it in my head. <laughs> if there's people around, I can't clap, so, but if it's by myself, I kind of do. You have to have these things, right, to keep, to keep going. But today I, want, I just want to share a little bit just about praying for the impossible. Sometimes we can be lulled to sleep. We know the word, we know the truth, sets us free. If we live the word, we'll be blessed. I mean, we, we kind of, we we know the word, and, but I don't think we really uh, understand the power that we have in, in, in our words. Sometimes after a period of time, we can kind of get lulled to sleep in our prayer life too. You know, I mean, uh, it, it's, thank you, God. Give me a good day today. Bless the people that I 
come in contact with, take care of my wife and take care of my kids. And thank you, Father, that we have a great day today. Amen. And that becomes your prayer life. And I, you want to pray for a great day. And I guess you want to pray for your kids that they're blessed and your, your spouse and those kind of things. But, but, but is, it, is it just this kind of meek and kind of musty old stale just kind of going on? Because the sun stands still part of this deal, this, this, this kind of audacious faith isn't just like a one-time thing. This is, this is a way of life for each and every one of us. Oh, that's different. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah, but we just sang a song that said, he will renew our strength. That's why we come back to church, <laughs> so he can pour back into us all of those things. So that we can go out, man, and from Monday until Saturday, you're trying to pour out everything that God's poured into your life. Now, I'll tell you this. As you do that, you won't have to wait till Sunday because he'll fill you back up on Monday. That your prayer life begins. Examine your prayer life. You know, what, what is it like? Is it, is it one of those things where it says, you know, the word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Do you get a little, oh, yeah, crumble, get it? No, oh, that's not my personality. Well, I understand, you know, there's different personalities and different things. But there's power in prayer when you pray the word and the will of God. There's power. And that passion begins to stir on the inside of you. Why? Because God put that thing there. And, and what you're doing in, in your prayer life is, is you're putting yourself in position for God to move. See, he calls it praying like a, jog, a, jug, a juggernaut. This idea, man, that, that you, you're, you're the steamroller of prayer. And I, I have to confess, I, I'm not, I, I'm not the, the, the juggernaut, always fervent, always praying. But I've been caught on the carpet a little bit by God. And that the things that you want to see in your life, you've got to begin to speak out of your mouth. And they've got to come out. And in our lives, are we really truly doing that? Or are we hedging our bets sometimes with God to allow ourselves a little bit of a way out? I don't get real fired up. I don't get real fervent about it. I always say, well, you know, God, if you could, if you would, if it's your will. See, well, hold on a minute. What did we write down two weeks ago? See, what did we go home and spend a week really paying attention to? God's word and his will for your life, the vision, the stuff that he's put in your heart. So hold on. Don't, don't go back and say, if it's your will. You ain't praying it if it isn't his will. Because see, you've already wrote that down. Now, you may be asking confirmation in some areas of your life. But I'm telling you, as you're moving forward and calling God into existence, into your situation, it's because it lines up with his word for your life. If you're financially... <laughs> hungry if you got some problems in, in your finances and there's bills and things coming man you know what the word says be a tither now you can stand to begin to proclaim that you begin to speak that that the windows of heaven open up and pour out a blessing you cannot contain not something that says oh god if it be your will i don't know you know could you do it to just help me out this time no god come on i need you to show up on your behalf i mean this is you on the line here because i'm doing everything that you called me to do joshua said sun stands still in the sky so that these people will be annihilated because you said so not because i want to see it done i don't want you to look like the one who didn't get the job done because the sun came down and people escaped i know what you said now that takes boldness that takes great courage no doubt but here's the deal i don't always think that we realize that his capability to do always exceeds our capability to ask. His capability to do, to act, to move, to change, to come onto the scene in an anointed and powerful way 
always exceeds our capability to ask. Doesn't it say in Ephesians chapter 3, he will do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, all over all that we can what? Ask or think. So his capability to do that is greater than our capability to ask. Prayer becomes the arena where our faith meets his ability. See, we begin to speak it into existence. We've got to play a part in that. If we're not playing a part in that, then we'll be sorely disappointed as we continue to grow. So what I want to encourage you with today is the, is the idea that says there is power in your prayer. The words that come out of your mouth, they have power. God has placed those things on the inside of you. He has given you the word to lead you, to guide you. And he has also encouraged us to understand, learn the word, know we have the mind of Christ, and then to appropriate it in our life. Not just by believing it and saying, oh, praise God, I think that's true. But by speaking it out of our mouth, because that sometimes seems to be the most silly, crazy thing that we could do to turn around. How audacious is that to say to the son, stand still. But I think in our lives sometimes, we're going to have to get just that audacious if we want to see God do something like that. And many of us face impossible situations. Many of us face things that we know. And this is a great place to be. Don't give, you may, If you're not facing something that's bigger than you, you need to grow up a little bit, get a bigger vision. You can coast all you want, but in the end, you're, there ain't nothing going to happen. If you're not facing something, if there's not something out there, if God's not asking you to change in a way that you know you can't do it, if God's not bringing you into something, if God's not stretching you when you're given, if he's not stretching you somewhere in your faith for your family or for some other person that you know, a relationship, if God's not taking you to another, if you're not, if you're not facing something in your life that you know you can't do nothing about, I would encourage you to get down on your knees and ask God for some bigger vision. Because we can all go hide back somewhere where we don't have anything bigger than us. But I'm telling you what, I don't want to live like that. Nowhere in the existence of this church over the last 22 years have we put ourselves in position to see that. It's been about facing the impossible and seeing God make that possible. But you do that by understanding what his word and his will is, staying in place and staying in position, and then begin to pray like this juggernaut, begin to pray like this force See, it says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That when you wake up in the morning, man, you are taking it by force. You are, you are speaking the word of God and speaking the truth in prayer. That you are pouring it out. One thing about Stanley and that group in the South Sudan, they pray all the time. All the time. Loud. All night long. Not even on the base last time. I, we, we didn't sleep the last night because Anthony had some kind of, he's the, he's the worship leader there for Stanley, and he had some kind of prayer and worship thing. Lasted all night. And I kept telling, I told him when we got I don't know what it was, but I was ready to go over there and take him out. <laughs> and Brad, Brad said, well, it wasn't here. I said, what do you mean it wasn't here? That was right over there because the church is like a, a 50 yards or 20 yards from where we, where we sleep. And he said, it wasn't on the base anywhere. But it was loud. And they didn't stop. And they beat the drums, and they sing, and they pray. I imagine it's tongues, but it could just be Sudanese or whatever they speak. I don't know what it was, but I didn't understand it, so it was tongues to me. Why? Why? Because they, they face an impossible situation. Every day they wake up, they face an impossible situation. 
Every day they get up, they need to see the sun stand still. Every moment, they, they got, they, Stanley's got to call in the finances to do what God's called him to do. Every day, he's got to fight the enemy because the enemy's coming against him and trying to close in whatever portion or whatever place. He's, he's always facing something happening, the enemy coming. I'm telling you, but I'm, he's seeing victory after victory after victory. But let me tell you, okay, salvation is free. <laughs> but some of this is a little bit of work. There's a cost to this. Okay? Salvation's a free gift, no doubt. But walking in this and seeing God move and seeing, seeing the impossible become possible, there's a cost to that. And we're going to rise up and pay the cost. And if that means we're going to rise up, we're going to pray like never before, then we're going to rise up, we're going to pray like never before. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of your tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. There is a battle going on right now in the world today. There's a battle going on for what is yours. Will you fight for it or not? See, if somebody tried to break into your house to take something from you, you would do whatever it is you can to stop them. I got a gun. Don't come in my house. I know that makes you look at me like, what? It's like, well, yeah. Why? Because I'm going to protect what's mine. I'm going to protect who I got. Well, don't you believe God? Yeah, I believe God. And Smith & Wesson. (laughs) Little M&P. Don't worry about it. I know how to shoot it. Because if somebody broke into my house, I would do what I could do to take care of my family and to take care of what's mine. Now, spiritually, will we do the same thing? Will we get into that kind of battle? Will we get into that kind of warfare? Because see, if you're a guy, you're kind of with me on that. You think, uh-huh, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the other side of this thing is, look, the enemy's trying to steal, kill, and to destroy you. Your kids, your wife, your life. Trying to take all those things from you. And you don't, have a, you don't have a Smith & Wesson that doesn't do anything against the enemy. Against the enemy, we fight, with, we fight those principles and uh, principalities and powers. We fight them with the word of God. And we do so through our words. The, the word of God is, is, a, is a sharp sword. Sharp, sharp, better than any two-edged sword. But here's the deal. You've got to know it to use it. And when you know it and you understand it, you begin to speak it. Now, this you're going to be saying, man, this is strange. This is odd. This is out. I'm telling you, it is. It is a little past where you're probably comfortable. Welcome to faith. <laughs> For all of you faith folks, that's, that's faith. Remember, it used to be like that one day. See, will you, I'm, with, I'm with you. I get comfortable real easy. I coast, and the, but when I get comfortable, I, I get edgy. When I'm not happy and things aren't right, that's because I'm upset with me, not somebody else. I'm grumpy with myself. Something's just not going right. Why? I'm not stretching forward. I'm not pushing past. I'm not battling. I'm not fighting. I've gotten complacent and gotten a little, little lazy. It says in Mark, in chapter 11, the power that we have in our words. And this is all, this isn't, I'm not telling you anything you haven't heard before. But it says, Jesus said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, verse 24, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Mountain moving faith. Begin to, well, I've done that before and it hadn't happened. Well, did you stop believing See, there are going to be things that you pray for and you don't see them happen. That will, that's going to go on somewhere along the way. 
You are going to pray for Aunt Susie, and Aunt Susie will pass away. I'm not saying if you've got Aunt Susie you're praying for, that's not, that is not prophetic. I just used the name off the top of my head. But I'm saying those things happen. Do you lose faith and give up in God? No. Can you explain it? No. Do you understand why? No. Pastor Bill's taught for years that he's got a bunch of questions that he's going to ask God when he gets there because he's not sure why and how these things went down. Mel Hughes was the administrator in this church, was faithful, loved God, loved his wife, loved his family, was doing what God called him to do, went on a missions trip, the plane crashed, and he died. We did not pack up the church and give up. That hurt that was painful. Relationships were, were messed up. Things got kind of... People's, people were all... That was a very difficult time. But you know what didn't change? The Word of God. Our faith in the Word of God. Our faith in His ability to act in our life. Not so that we can explain it so somebody else can feel better, but to say, God, I can't explain it, so you're going to have to make them feel better. We face those things. You face those things. In 1 Kings, chapter 17, Elijah told... Now think of this, he's got Ahab and Jezebel. These are not nice people. (laughs) You just want to skip to the back when they're not around anymore. But you know, they were not nice people. And he said, it's not going to rain. Sun stands still. It's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. The doctor comes with a report. I don't believe that. I don't agree. I know that God is going to make a way for me. I know that he's my healer. I stand for my marriage. I stand for my children. I stand for my situation. I stand for righteousness in the word of God. I seek first his kingdom. I know you're all looking at me like, oh boy. No, come on. It's a little stir. It's a little stir. And then what did he do if you go back? Now read this because you got to go here and get the end. First Kings chapter 18. Because here's in, four, in verse 41, 1841, it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. And I'm sure he said, What are you talking about? You just lapped up all the water with your fire from God. Now, now what are you talking about? And what did he tell him before? It isn't going to rain till I tell you it's going to rain. There's power. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up on the top, top of Mount Carmel. Now, he didn't go. And now, let me tell you, I told you, right? Salvation's free. But some of this comes at a price. He didn't go up and sit down and eat. He just spoke the word of God. He just said, let me tell you what, it's about to rain. And you know what he did? He went up there and got on his knees and put his head between his legs and said, oh, God, please make it rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and then Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed down on the ground, and he put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. So the servant went up, and he looked, and he said, sir, there is nothing. And maybe you've been here, and you've been praying, and you've been saying, God, 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 I said it was going to rain. It hadn't rained yet. I, he didn't give up when he came back and said, he said, go back again. Go back again. Go back again. And I ain't leaving this place. I got my head buried on the ground between my knees because I'm seeking God's face and I'm praying like a juggernaut. God, make the sun stand still. Actually, fill it up with clouds and make it rain. <laughs> then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, and there's a cloud as small as a little man's hand rising up out of the sea. So he said, go up. 
Say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and get out of here because the rain's coming now. And now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds. There was wind and there was heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezebel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. Stay in place. Keep praying. Don't give up. It's going to rain. Then the hand of God, the hand of God came upon Elijah. And he girded up his loins and he ran ahead of Ahab. In 1 John 5. Now we go back and we read the, we read the Old Testament. Some of these dudes were bold, man. But they weren't, they weren't speaking on their own authority. They weren't speaking their own stuff. They were speaking what God said. That's important. You can be bold and crazy all you want. <laughs> but it better be God's word. Don't you get all upset. Start saying something haywire. Well, I heard Pastor Dan say this one time. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, no, it was probably good if he said it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Your kids are in great hands. He's a great guy. But, but, but listen, because it's got to be for you. See, is that, is that revelation for you? Was it, was, it, was it straight out of the word of God? Was he speaking what God told him to say? Now, that might spur something on the inside of you to begin to, to believe like that. But, but you've got to realize that these, these guys, they were all speaking things God was saying to them. And just like we said earlier, it's important because in verse 14 of 1 John chapter 5, it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Say confidence. confidence. Say confidence. A- A- Ahab, Ahab was in trouble because Elijah, he, he knew what God said. And, and he, was, he, was, he was just out there enough to just do what God said. It didn't say he contemplated it. It didn't say he said, well, God, you know, what if it does rain? You know, and I, and I said it wasn't going to rain. But what if it does rain? I mean, you can have, don't, he didn't say that. He said it ain't going to rain, buddy, until I say it's going to rain. And then there came a moment in time where they had the showdown, and then he said, it's about to rain. You better get out of here. And I'm sure he's looking around thinking, it's a beautiful day. Not even a cloud in the sky. But then he prayed. Then he began to pray. And it says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to what? His will. He does what? He hears us. And it goes on and it says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, then we know we have the petitions that we have asked for. But it lines up with his word. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Right after Jesus said to Peter on this, on this, on this rock, I'll build, I'll build my church. He said, I give you the authority to bind and loose on this earth. Whatever you bind in, on earth will be what? Bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. He didn't then give him a bunch of rope and tell him to go tie things up. How do you bind and how do you loose? With your words, with your mouth. As you pray. Pastor Bill does this. Pastor Pam shared that over a period of time as we've moved into different seasons in this country. He's speaking to the TV. He's speaking to the people who are speaking. There's no distance by the Spirit of God. He may be in H.H. Gregg checking out TVs. He may be talking to all of them before it's over. You know. But here's the deal. He's been called to stand, to be kind of like, a, to be on guard. To be on guard. Not just for this church, but for, for the, I believe, this country. To speak the truth because there needs to be people who will stand up and speak the word and the will of God for this country. Because our president isn't doing it. And if he's the one who's in charge and he's not doing it, then God help us all. Some better rise up and intercede on our behalf. Begin to bind, begin to loose, begin to speak what the word of God says. In your life, for the country, whatever that is. And here's this is important, James chapter 5. 
James chapter 5.16. The second part of that says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? Availeth much. It goes on there, and get this, because I know Elijah sounds like one bad guy. I mean, he sounds like, oh, that'd be pretty cool, man. No rain. Rain. But if you read on after this, go to 17, Donna. As you read on, it says 17 says what? Woo-hoo. Elijah was what? A man with a nature like ours. <laughs> You're not a meteorologist. So don't go outside and say, you know, I need some sun today because I want to go to the lake. It's not, you know, don't. Realize the authority and the power with which Elijah spoke the word and the will of God in the situations resides in you. That's what it says. It doesn't say you're the rainmaker. But it says that you have that ability. Now get this. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails month. Now here's the deal. Follow this pattern a little bit. Jesus came and died on the cross so that we could be saved, so that our life could be changed, and we could be what kind of beings? Righteous beings. Why? Because God can't associate with unrighteousness. So we have walked into total righteousness, right standing with God. Now, in that place comes with it all of the anointing. So now it says the effectual fervent prayer of a what? A righteous man. What are you? A righteous man. Say, I'm righteous by the blood. See, so now you have this kind of power in the things that you speak. And the effectual part, we we lose that a little bit. It's one of the four really power words that come through the New Testament. It really truly means great passion and great energy and great excitement. And that there's something that rises up on the inside of you, see, and grabs a hold of what's going on. Passion and energy are part of the effectual fervent prayer. Push while you pray. I'm just taking some of the things out of the book. Some of the things are my own. You have to give. Elizabeth shared this in the offering on Wednesday night. Give what's yours to God. Take what he's given you and give back to him. Why? Because it gives him something to work with. You've entered into faith. You've entered into a place. Because, see, we could take all our money and we could try to do our best, but how many of you know that doesn't work? How many have failed trying to do your own way financially? We all have. Somewhere along the way, we come to our senses and we begin to say, okay, God, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give over and above. I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. Why? Because I need your help. And I have sought you first. And I know that's your word. I know that's your will for my life. I'm going to be in position by being a giver. I'm going to put myself in place because I need to pray each day that you meet my needs. I need financially in my life the sun to stand still so that more can come into my house to take care of what I have to take care of. But sometimes you've got to push. Joshua says in Joshua 10.9. It says, as he came up to this place, as he came up to this, to this, to this battle that, where he was about to command the sun, as he came up to that place and said, Joshua, therefore, came upon them suddenly, having done what? Marched all night. Facing the biggest battle that he had to face. Elijah sat on that hill and put his head between his knees and prayed for the sun, for the rain to come while, while Ahab was eating his din-din because he, there's a cost to this. Joshua, to be in place, marched all night. See, my life is a wreck. Then pray. Well, I prayed. What did you pray? God, fix it. That isn't quite the prayer probably that you're talking about here. 
expound on it a little bit. Because if you're, if you're desperate, see, you'll cry out in a different way. If you're desperate, you'll do what you've got to do to get the thing done. And so in our prayer life, we put ourselves where we face the impossible. I, 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 I love this idea of going to three services, but let me tell you what, I, I'm praying like this now. Because that's impossible for me. But it isn't impossible for God. Why? Because he said so. And I'm learning to follow his voice like I've never had before. And I said, okay, God, this is what you have for us. This is what you have for us. I'm telling you what, we're going to pray. We're going to knock it down and we're going to pray. Son, stand still. Until as many people get in this building as can get in this building. Fill this sucker up. 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30. God, pour them in. Pour them in the house. We'll take care of them. We'll, we'll watch over them. We'll protect them. We'll, we'll teach them. We'll guide them. We'll help them out. We'll give them money. We'll do whatever. God, bring them in. Bring them in. Bring them in the door. Bring in the helpers. Bring in the ones who need help. Bring them in. Fill the place up. Come on, God. I, I, we're doing what you said to do. I, it's three services, sir. I get you. I'm next on the line here, pal. Come on. Huh? We've been praying. We've been praying. We've been saying, okay. But then all of a sudden, we get our dauber down and get all up. Last week, all, all those people came first service. Right? Where are all those people today, right? You were here first service last week. They were full. Why? Because second service, they were tired of not getting seats. So they came first service. So second service was like empty. Creek, 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 creek. We're going to three services. So each one of you three come to a different service. <laughs> but you can't let that stop you what you see with your eyes because we don't see by these things. We see by faith. Right? Holy moly. Can't give up. Prayer is not your last resort. <laughs> Come on. I've tried everything I can, so now I'm going to pray. What? How about pray first and you get to try less? <laughs> Why take three stabs at it when God tells you the first time to take the first stab? If you're praying for a better marriage, be a better mate. Give God some legs. Come on. Don't con, don't be talk. Too many times I got the same problem 15 times in a row. Look in the mirror and realize there's one thing that's the same all 15 times, me. If I could just get rid of these people I work with, well, it was like that the last eight jobs you had. I want to get out of debt. Then get a budget and live by it. <laughs> it's possible. I don't need to go read. What's that guy's book you're reading? I don't need to go read his books. Real simple. Pay off your debt. There you go. Saved you 15 bucks. <laughs> Live within your means. Pay off your debt. There you go. That's how you get out of debt. There's not a miraculous thing that says if you do this, it's just going to poof, disappear. <laughs> Elizabeth said, let's pay off the house. I said, that is great. She goes, this year. I said, hold on. You have to realize that what you owe on your house is what you owe. You will have to pay all of those dollars. <laughs> and this is what we owe. I'm not going to kill your faith because I'm believing for you if that's what we got. But I had to explain that first and say, do you understand how this works? There, see, there's not a magic potion in those books. You have to, and I'm telling you, you get just as irritated with them as I do. You get about three places in and you're like, I know all that. I want the magic. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to save. I don't want to quit doing things. I don't want to, see, I don't want to tithe. I don't want to give over. And above. Look, I just want you to pay off my debt. 
Give God some legs a little bit and get a budget. Live by it. We were smothered in debt, drowning, no idea where to turn and how to pay off all the different loans and cards and cards to pay off cards and, and, and all of the stuff. And finally, prayer was our last resort. I got some wisdom and said, God, we need your help. Make it rain, preferably gold coins. <laughs> Whatever you got, man. And if the sun stands still, make it rise up that beanstalk. I'll climb up and get the eggs. Uh, and could you do it next week? <laughs> Please. <laughs> See, that's how, that's huh? You've prayed that. That's why you laugh. And you know what God said? <laughs> He's so cute. Give and live within your means. No, not that. The gold coins, the beanstalk. I'll take anything. And tomorrow would be better than next week. But I'm telling you, we began to do what he said. Began to believe that we were out of debt. Began to speak that. Began to pray. Just began to say, God, you just bless us. Take care of us. I don't know how you're going to do this. You've given us a plan. We'll follow your plan. We won't go back on what we're supposed to do. We will stay in place. We know what your vision is for us. And, Father, we'll just give the way you told us to give. We'll live within our means. And, Father, we, just, we called it and we called it and we called it and we spoke it and we prayed it. And there wasn't this thing that says it's never going to happen. We didn't come back with these words that said we're going to fail. Didn't say, none of those kind of things. And within a year, it was done. Miraculously done. But I'm telling you, you've got to continue to follow after what God says. Maybe you need to lose weight. Well, I'm telling you, eat, eat right and exercise the best you can. So that's the only way. Ain't a magic pill. I tried them all. <laughs> well, you know. I spent a lot of money taking a lot of pills. That never worked. But when you eat blizzards and french fries all the time, apparently that doesn't work. What works? Suffering works. I don't want a diet. I'd rather have tacos from Little Mexico. I don't want to exercise. That hurts. I'm telling you, man. I lost 50 pounds that time because I, I, I stopped eating the crap I was eating. I ate good stuff. And I, and I stopped sitting around the house watching TV and I exercised. And I lost 50 pounds. Now, obviously, I stopped doing all those things. Because I was a much thinner man. But I'm headed back that way. But here's, you know what I face now? The same thing I faced then. I got to suffer to do it. And do I really want it that bad that I'm going to suffer for it? I prayed for a long time. God, let me lose weight. Take it off me. I've heard Pastor Pam or Pastor Bill's, you know, God's got that knife out. And he's cutting off the flesh. I was like, I'm a candidate. Right here. Right here. A little off the backside. Can you take care of these chin? I. Get out your knife, sir, I'm on the altar. You know what he said? They were, they were crying, you know, get up, he told David. Get up, fat boy, start eating, right exercise. Quit asking me to do something that you're already equipped to do. Don't spend your whole life asking him for stuff. You already know what you're supposed to do. Take that time and ask him for the things that are impossible. And do what you know you're supposed to do. Anyway, just because God said it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Hmm? Just because God said it doesn't mean it's going to happen. 
That, that, that hits a little bit. He said, God said it, I believe it. That settles it. God said a lot of stuff about you. But while you're living in sin, running around doing your heinous, heinous things, did you see any of that happen? Probably not. Why? You've got to get in agreement. You've got to get in place. You've got to get in the place where God, God did say that. I believe that. Not just believe it like in my head, like the word says, believe it because I'm living it. I'm doing it, man. I'm here. And I begin to speak it forth powerfully out of my mouth, out of your mouth. He told Joshua three times. And then even the people told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, be strong and of good courage. He said, you're going to go across this river, but you've got to be strong and of good courage. Why? Because I'm telling you, speaking, <laughs> speaking to the sun, you better be courageous. You better know it's gone. Telling the king that it's going to rain and there's not a cloud in the sky, you better, you better know it's gone. Speaking to the man at the gate, such as I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now you rise up and walk. See, those kind of, I mean, you got you got that, that's, that's impossible stuff going down. You, you got to know. And in this book, he gives these five things, and I'll, I'll just give them to you. I, it's the end of the book, so you can, you know, five steps to an audacious prayer or a sun standstill prayer, whatever he says. I'll just give them to you, and then we'll pray. It sums up some of the things we've talked about. The first one is activate your audacious faith. And this is important. Activate your audacious faith, because we have a tendency to be passive and fearful. But you have to resist that tendency. That's flesh. That's not God. When God speaks and he's moving you and he's bringing you into that place, something rises up on the inside of you. The second thing is approach God with boldness. Come before, it says, come before the throne room of grace. Boldly come to the throne room of grace. For what? Help in your time of need. And he has enough grace in that place to pour out into your life to make it possible. What does that say? He's taking your impossibility in yourself, in your flesh, and his grace is the power to do more than you can do in your own flesh. His grace is his ability working through you. It says come boldly to the throne room of grace. Hebrews 4.16. Third thing is ask specifically what God can do. Remember, his ability to perform exceeds our ability to ask. The fourth thing, advance toward the answer. Put legs to your faith. Push while you pray. Do this. Be willing to become the answer to your own prayer. See, be willing to become the answer to your own prayer. In both those situations that I shared about Elizabeth and I, we had to be a part. See, we had to give the way he told us to give and live within our means. I was looking for Ed McMahon with the big check. I was looking for somebody to give me $5,000 handshakes. I was, I, you know, I was, I was looking for God to do some, some miraculous things. And you know what? He did the miraculous thing. But it was day by day, line upon line, precept upon precept. As we walked it out, we put ourselves into, into position to see God move on our behalf. We were part of our own answer. We could have refused. And I'm telling you what, we would have never got out. Exercise and weight, the whole thing. I had, to be, I had to be willing to become part of the answer. Because God did not hack it off of me the 13,000 times I came in here and prayed, God, 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 God. Cried even. God, God, I've got to lose weight. I can't take it anymore. And just as kindly and as nicely as he could say, he said, stop eating that. That spiritual Twinkie slapper, you know, get that out of your hand, get going. 
Knock the blizzard out of my, you know. Now get, get, get up on that treadmill. Every time you want to stop, my body always said, well, I'm getting off. I said, no, you're not. Oh, darn it. The body doesn't know. It can't do nothing that the mind don't tell it to do. It can cry all at once. It's just flesh. I put on, this was even back in the day of the Walkman, man. I was like tapes. I was listening to tapes, man. I was, but man, I'm telling you, you start praising God and you get your mind and your spirit going the right direction, your body has to follow. It did never, did never did jump off. Now, I looked clumsy and got to praising and almost flipped off the pre-core a couple times. But I, I, I never jumped off. But you got to be willing to become the answer to your own prayer. Work hard, stick with it. The fifth thing, give God all the glory, right? He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the honor. He deserves all the praise. In the end, you may have a story to tell. But when you tell that story, remember, it's about Jesus. Why don't we stand up? I want to just pray for you and encourage you. And I'll ask you to pray with me over these next couple weeks. Miraculous moments are where our impotence and God's omnipotence intersect. So you've seen too many Cialis commercials. You've already checked out on me when I said the first thing. Miraculous moments are where our impotence, which just means you have no power, powerless, and God's omnipotence, his all-powerfulness intersect. See, it's the place where we ask the, the impossible from a God who takes those things and makes them possible. Maybe you're sitting here and God's just been waiting for you to step up and to say, okay, I'll pray it. Maybe you're going to say this to God today. I'll start praying it again. See, maybe you did for a while and it didn't happen and you got discouraged. What did I say in the beginning? Sometimes this is for today, next week, next month. Sometimes it's for three years and four years. And did, 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 did Elijah stop praying for rain the first time the guy came back and told him it's not raining yet? See, we talk about the sun stands still. It was one prayer that happened in that moment. But Elijah they had to send the guy back and send the guy back and send the guy back and send the guy back. He didn't stop until he saw what? Rain. It's not just one front you're praying on. You may be praying on different fronts. There's a story of this guy who was a Jewish scholar. And he was like the generation before Jesus. And you don't see this in the Bible, but it's true. His name was uh, Honi. They called him Honi the Circle Maker. And this comes out of another book. It's, it's, a, it's a book on prayer. Written by Mark Batterson, who's a, a pastor in Washington, D.C., the largest one of the largest, the largest church maybe in Washington at the moment. It's, it's locations all over the place. Same kind of story. But, but, but Honey was faced like many times in the, in the Old Testament. He, the prophets had all died. He was in a position where, where he still believed. He believed in God. And he believed this. That even though in their position, they, any, those were silent times. Even in that time, in that place, they couldn't hear God speaking to them. He believed that God could still hear him speaking to God. And it says that they were, they were parched. Again, no rain. And they came to him and said, would you please go to God and pray for rain? Come to him, just pray. Would you please pray for us? for rain 
And it said what he did from that time was really bizarre. But he had his staff that he carried. They walked with sticks. And it said he took his stick and he began to move it in a circle. See, we talked many times about drawing the line and saying, I'm not crossing that line. I've come over the line. That's it, devil. I ain't going back. I've crossed that line. I've burned those ships, whatever it was in your life. This guy took his stick. He didn't give him a bunch of... He took this stick and he went like this and made a big circle. And then when he got his circle made, he got down on his knees and he said, God, come boldly to the throne room of grace, it says in Hebrews. He said, God, I'm not going to leave this circle until these people see rain. Pour out your rain on these people today. And it began to rain. A little drop here, a little drop there. It started to rain. And he said, God, you haven't heard me. These people are parched. I'm asking you today for rain. They need a downpour of your rain. And it says they became, the rain became like egg drops and began to gully wash the whole place. And the third time he said, okay, I get to drift. Could you please make it a soaking rain? And then again, it slowed back. It became a soaking rain. Then when it was all said and done, he got up. He went on his way. But I'm telling you, that kind of power is on the inside. They almost heaved him out. He almost got excommunicated. I mean, it was like a big deal, man. Like they thought, he's coming to God and telling God what to do. He's just doing what God wanted to do in the first place. But he needed somebody to get inside that circle and say, you know what? I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And I'll speak it right now boldly to the throne room of grace. God, we need your help. I'm going to call it out. I'm going to bring it in, God. I'm with you. I'm out here. Come on. You sent me out here. I got your vision. I'm staying in place and I ain't getting out of this circle until you tell me that it's over and that it's time to go on to the next thing that you have. That if it's your marriage, you stand for your marriage. If it's your kids, you stand for your... Don't get out of that circle if your kids are in the balance. I'll thank God I had people praying for me. I'm telling you, I was a wreck. Don't get out of the circle. Keep praying for those kids. Don't give up on that. Whatever that is in your life. But boldly come to the throne room of grace. Realize the power that you have in your words and in your mouth. And proclaim what God said. Speak it forth. Speak it forth. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.